Hello, online East Brainerd Church family. And another week has passed, and I still can't see you, but I'm so glad that you're here. I just got to be honest, though, I, I really have struggled with what to share today. This week, we've watched the number of infections and deaths due to COVID-19 continue to climb. We spent another week social distancing, right, and virtual schooling. Hats off to all of our teachers and students and parents. Man, you guys have been navigating a stress-filled past few weeks, and you've done a great job. And speaking of stress-filled, we need to continue to lift up all the doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers who are doing all that they can through their expertise and compassion to care for us and our neighbors. You might not realize this, but this past week, members of our church family have been furloughed from their job. Others have been dealing with unplanned health emergencies that are unrelated to COVID-19. There have been some who have lost loved ones, and we've been told that the next couple of weeks could bring even more disheartening news. So what do you share? What do you share with a church family that's spread across cities and cyberspace, dealing with something that the United Nations this week said is the most challenging crisis the world has faced since World War II? Pretty heavy. The events of the last month have reminded me of the book, The Black Swan, by Nassim Nicholas Tlaib, where he shares that the thing that will impact your life the most is the very thing that you never see coming. Can I get an oh yeah from everybody out there? You know, if your family is reeling from this unexpected, unplanned, life-altering event, then I want you to know that your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, wherever you are this morning is filled with a similar anxiety and confusion that consumed an upper room in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. Jesus told his closest friends that night, I will be with you only a little longer. His words hung in the stunned silence of the upper room. Moments earlier, it had been filled with animated conversation. There were stories and laughter, just what you would expect when you get a room full of friends together. The table was still littered with glasses of wine and scraps of bread, the, the platter of meat set ready to be picked over one last time. But in an instant, all thoughts, all thoughts of the meal were forgotten. And it wasn't an easy task to forget about this meal because it was not an ordinary meal. For 1,500 years, God's people had a string tied around their hearts so that they would not forget who they were and where they had come from. The meal, we know it is Passover. It involved eating bitter herbs to remind them of the bitterness of the years of slavery. It also included the eating of bread without yeast to remind them of the speed at which they had to leave Egypt. There was the sacrifice of a lamb to remind them of the blood spread over the doorpost of their homes so that when the destroyer sent from God came, it would pass over their homes and they would live. Participants in the meal would share wine and song. It was a time of somber remembrance, but also a time of joyous celebration. And every year, when the Jewish calendar announced the arrival of the 14th day of the first month, the city of Jerusalem swelled to around 1 million people. And scholars estimate that over 100,000 lambs were sacrificed. When the smells of blood and burning animals filled the air, the people were reminded of the cost of their sins and the goodness of their God. And it's in this setting of remembrance that we find Jesus and his disciples in an upper room remembering who they are and where they are from. I'll be with you only a little longer. 
Earlier, Jesus told his friends, I have eagerly desired to have this meal with you. In the original language, the, the same word is actually used twice. Jesus is saying, with desire, I desire to have this meal with you. You see, this was no routine Passover meal. It was significant to Jesus, and he passionately wanted to share it. I guess the disciples should have known that this was to be no ordinary meal. They should have known from the moment that Jesus had started washing their feet with his own hands, from the way he had blessed the cup of wine and the bread, from the deeply serious look in his eyes. They should have known. He had told them from the beginning that their time together would be short, that there would come a time when they would have to carry on without him. He had prepared them by his example. He had prepped them with his teaching, and he had armed them with his courage. They should have known, but they didn't. Later, they would look back and recall how that during this meal, Jesus would share the bread and wine with them, and, and he would say, do this in remembrance of me. Strange. Strange because Passover is about remembering the Exodus. Passover was about remembering deliverance. Passover was about remembering how life came from death and how even the darkest nights give way to the brightest mornings. I will be with you only a little longer. When Jesus' disciples, when they had no response, Jesus continued speaking. And do you know what he said? I want you to think about it for a moment. What would you say? What would you say when you know that time is short? You choose your words carefully, don't you? You focus on what is truly important. Jesus knew that it was time, time for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. You know, he could have recounted past miracles. He could have told them what everything was like in the beginning. I will be with you only a little longer. So now I'm going to give you a new commandment. Love each other. You know, when your time is short and those that you care about are facing a new normal, you say, What's most important? Love each other. Well, just like I have loved you. Jesus' double desire to share the Passover meal was fueled by his knowledge of future events. He knew what was coming. The chaos, the danger, the uncertainty, the fear. And knowing that everything was about to change, Jesus gave his followers a template on how to live in the new normal. Eat, drink, and love in remembrance of me. You know, later it would be recorded of the followers of Jesus that they met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. You know, these followers would continue to eat, drink, and love in remembrance of Jesus. And now in the Hebrew tradition, remembering what it meant to, to re-experience in the present the power of a past event. To do this in remembrance of me did not mean to merely recollect the events of Jesus' death, but to experience fully his life and death in this present moment. You know, every time we participate in Christ's meal of remembrance, we are experiencing anew the expectation of a life of hospitality, mercy, grace, and love. 
Every time we share bread and cup, we experience anew the impact of a death that took our place in our sin. Every time we enter into communion, we claim the power of a resurrection that echoes hope to this very day. So we take it and taste, Rob Bell and Don Golden write concerning communion. We, we take and we taste and we take part in this 2,000-year-old ritual. We do this in all sorts of ways and in all sorts of places with all sorts of diversity. Some of us do this with chance and some of us in silence. In some settings, people serve each other and other gatherings, people serve themselves. It changes us. It humbles us. It brings us together. We eat, we drink, and we're reminded to love. You know, it's interesting that today we are sharing our remembrance in individual homes instead of in our communal church building. Our local, state, and federal governments have asked us not to assemble. This request is not an effort by our government to silence the cause of Christ. Instead, the government has requested we not meet in order to live out the character of Christ by showing concern for our neighbors. Ironically, our government is calling on businesses, schools, and churches to practice justice and mercy. We are being asked by the kingdoms of this world to demonstrate God's kingdom love to each other. It turns out that not assembling for a short time as a large group may be the best way to be the true church in these difficult times. And friends, don't pay any attention to those who in the name of Christ suggest that by not being together during this pandemic, we are somehow forsaking our assembly together. Forsaking the assembly has nothing to do with canceling meeting times out of love and concern for our neighbors, for our older members, and for those who are most at risk. The religious police of Jesus' day accused him of ignoring the Sabbath when he chose to do good and restore a man's withered hand. Jesus reminded them how God desires mercy, not sacrifice. His desire is unchanged. This crisis has created unlimited opportunities to live out our confession. Our brothers and sisters and neighbors are sick, hungry, and anxious. And if the gospel is real and relevant, and the church is truly bigger than our buildings, then now is the time to show it. Jesus said, I'll be with you only a little longer. His announcement rocked the disciples' world and filled them with uncertainty and fear. So Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Well, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then, knowing that this new normal would at times leave them feeling lost and alone, he added, love each other. Eat, drink, and love. It's our gracious Savior's guidance to followers facing an event that they never saw coming. So today we find ourselves huddled in our own upper room, trying to process this new normal. Our lives have been turned upside down and everything put on hold by an illness that we did not anticipate. In the present, we have tried to make the best of a difficult situation, but silently we just wonder what an uncertain future holds. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But for today, we are going to share bread and cup. We are going to participate in an ancient meal of remembrance, and then no matter what comes, 
we're going to love. We will love by not gathering in large groups. We will love by picking up medicine for our neighbor. We will love by not yelling at our parents. We will love by praying for the nurses and physicians. We will love by weeping over loss. We will love by celebrating birthdays from a distance. We will love by sharing what we have with others. We will love by checking on those who are most vulnerable. We will love by being patient and kind, by letting go of jealousy and rudeness. We will love by not being irritable and keeping a list of wrongs. We will love by rejoicing every time we hear about someone putting another first. And our love will never give up, never lose faith, never stop hoping. Our love will endure through this and every circumstance. Eat, drink, and love. Old advice for a new normal. Will you join me in prayer? A prayer of thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for we thank you for Jesus and for the way in which he prepared his followers for a time that they did not expect. And we're thankful that that peace can also be in our homes right here and right now. As we share bread and cup together, we say thank you. Thank you for not leaving us alone. Thank you for knowing exactly what it is that we're feeling and going through right now and for giving us something that we can hold to, something tangible that we can, we can touch, something that we can taste, something that reminds us of your presence and your love. And so, Father, wherever it is that we are today, we say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that reminds us that everything's going to be okay. That there will be an end to all of this uncertainty. Help us as we share with one another to not just share bread and cup, but to share love, to share in communion with each other, Father, help us to be your hands and feet during what is a very difficult time. We share in your name. We share thanking you for your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Eat, drink, love. We'll see you next week.